Welcome. Welcome to Doobie in it. Wait. (laughs) I bet I had a worse dinner than you. (laughs) Welcome to Don't Be an Idiom. It's the podcast that explores the origin stories of popular phrases and idioms. In a fun way, we keep it cool and we look for the stuff that rules. I love when you talk and you hit the microphone at the same time. Just trying to get that out of the way. Yeah. You couldn't wait for me to talk? Uh-oh, I'm getting a buzz. It's not. It's because of our microphone. We need a new microphone thing. Oh, right. Please contribute to our yeah, Patreon, to Patreon so we can <laughs> so we can afford new equipment. I feel like we're only one step away from getting the Patreon up. Like, Albert, like we, we don't we, follow through we, with We started anything. filling out something, and then we just didn't, right? I think I started filling out something. I was there, I think. You weren't. Well, why'd you stop? It got confusing there? You know, there's way more steps than just setting it up. They should make it a lot easier. <laughs> anyway, we need a new headphone jack thing. We need someone to teach us how to set up a Patreon, then we'll buy the headphone jack. All right, well, we'll do it after that. Tell me about your dinner. You said you, bet oh, you had man. a worse dinner I was, than yeah, me. I was walking over here, and I was like, this is good content right here. There's no way. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, what, what, what could I bet you? What would I be willing to bet you that I had a worse dinner than you? And yeah. I, my my answer was anything. <laughs> I would bet you all of the riches in the world, any anything. Yeah. Because I know I had a worse dinner than you. <laughs> Without a doubt. You know, I didn't eat today and cuz it's still at worse. School, I just don't I, I don't have time to eat anymore. I know that's crazy. So, I have like coffee. They don't even give him a chair. I coffee in the morning. That's kind of true. <laughs> And then I eat when I get home. So I'm eating at like five Gosh, sometimes. But so you just coffee for breakfast. Coffee. I've been, I'll have cereal sometimes. That's nice. I'm doing a, but ba- no, a but banana no lunch. these days. That helps. No lunch. You, you can't like take your mask off anywhere. And you can't be alone anywhere. It's terrible. Well, you're never alone, you know? Oh, God. So wait, what did you have for dinner? Okay. So it started in the car because I knew that I, we were on, I was on a time crunch to get to the show. So started in the car, I had a cheese stick. Then I tried to bite an apple, but it was mealy. So that went on the floor. Right, cheese stick, <laughs> okay. one bite of mealy apple. Now I know what you're thinking. You're like, those are just snacks in the car. But no, I was like, this. I know this is my dinner because there's, there's no hope for me. <laughs> yeah. So then I, I get home and I'm, I look in the fridge. I was like, what is that? What What is that? And I was like, oh, right. It's ham and eggs from yesterday's breakfast which was good when it was hot you know made some ham and eggs i don't like cold eggs like the day well, like people yeah. eat eggs the day after Duh. i don't like that no i mean like i mean a hard boiled it's, it's not going to be good well yeah that's anyway i we don't have a microwave and there wasn't time anyway so i ate that cold ham and eggs yeah and it's i was not... like this is the worst well, you know, it's funny. I had eggs and, and eggs and mushrooms for uh, dinner. Yeah, but I bet they were hot. We well, yeah, were fresh and hot, oh, and, and some avocado toast and orange juice. It was a breakfast for dinner. Thing. Wow, that is so pleasant. <laughs> and somehow, like the su- it was like uh, you were in a meadow, <laughs> a meadow eating toast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Eating a toast, any- eating toast anywhere sounds nice. It is, man. When you get it just right, crunchy piece of toast on a snow day. Such mm. a- so, so much, such a scrap sound. Yeah, scrap. Yeah, scrap. It should be an instrument. The the toast. Yeah. Yeah. And each new song, you have to toast a new piece of bread. 
have to. Should. <laughs> want to. Want, want to. Want to. <laughs> I knew I'd get Let it. Let me. All right. So what are some, um, some top of the show things? Oh, wait. And then the, the last piece was You're like still a, talking a, half, dinner, a half a piece of like this sweet chocolate bread. Sweet. Ch- it's like Dude, something you could get from, it's from a coffee shop. so unsurprising to me <laughs> that you have something called sweet chocolate bread in your fridge. It's like it's so like, something you would have. It's stuff that Madison brings home from the coffee shop. Madison, like, Ma- she she'll bring home like uh, she works at the coffee shop. So yeah, if there's yeah. leftover stuff like bagels or do you have any sweet chocolate bread? Sweet chocolate left? bread. <laughs> okay, so, well, so you know, it doesn't sound like that terrible of dinner. <clears throat> it was awful. It was my dinner was co- it was all Cheetos cold. and Coke the other day. That was my dinner. That rules. But you are missing a main course. That's like an attendant at Exilorama, their dinner. That's that's good. When you when you say I'm only gonna eat the chips mm-hmm. because you're like, I just have nothing else, yeah. that's a sad acceptance. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. I've, def- Any- I've definitely lived off of Triscuits and I feel terrible after too many Triscuits. Right. Triscuits it- fuck you up. And, and you know, and they've started making more addictive flavors. Well, yeah, because we're all getting <laughs> We're all so there's you like, know, used like to all of these psychotic flavors. That those dill, like the dill pickle triscuits, that rosemary and basil. Mm. Oh my god, that rosemary and basil. I is, will. Uh, that is a. Go-to. I'll just eat three fourths of a box, and then I'll. And like forty minutes later, I'll be like, "This is. I feel terrible." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that was my dinner. Well, I've over at my dad. Uh, he'll, he'll always reminds me of this. Uh, I, we, we were snacking on nuts, you know, eating some peanuts and stuff, you know, because you're like, that's pretty healthy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's when you do that right around dinner time, and then you just keep doing that, and then you're full, but it's a yeah. bad full. You ruined my, my dad's like, eh, would you have another peanut dinner? Peanut dinner. <laughs> and he has like a reference point for that. He's like, I've done that. Yeah. He's like, you eat too many nuts, and then you're just like, that's one of the Whoa. phrases that comes to mind when I think your dad. Peanut, peanut dinner. dinner. You don't want that. And I've done that so, so many, many times. times. It's like, great, peanut dinner. I right. ate too many peanuts and now I don't want dinner. Oh, and and if you, you could do it for things that aren't peanuts, like the Triscuits. Like you could be like, oh, I overdid it on Triscuits, but yeah. you would still call it a peanut dinner. Totally. Which makes That's it an, an idiom. It's an idiom. Wow. Hot dog, my Good. dad. <laughs> uh, spe- speaking of dads. Your dad. I have a dad too. Right? What the thing that he drew, right? Oh, he did. Yeah, he he did a watercolor. He entered the monster contest. Did a watercolor of uh, Mrs. Bates from Psycho, Norman Bates' mother. Yeah. So it was a picture of her in the later scene in Psycho when you see that she's a skeleton. Yeah. And there's a little Dubia Monster logo on there. awesome. So it's awesome. So he he, he submitted that because we're having that Dubia Monster raffle. Yeah. You can win a board game if you send us some art thing that has to do with dubia monster or if you're ryan's dad yeah well <laughs> he doesn't need to be in the raffle i don't can't see him playing that game <laughs> no but maybe he'll maybe he'll paint something about it yeah paint something about the game he'll paint a picture of you giving him the board game <laughs> oh man father and son now that you've entered that into the <laughs> you know what do they call it like the 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 psyche of Communities, yeah, you like know? the uh, the collective collective conscious, conscious yeah. yeah. Like now that you've entered that into the collective conscious, it's just gonna happen. <laughs> right, He's definitely gonna paint a picture of me giving <laughs> him a board game, dude. <laughs> There's no, it's 
It's like an engine that cannot be stopped. I would love to think of him listening to the episode and him being like, hey, they think I won't do it. And then he's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like when he did a watercolor of the Marvel character Colossus for me when I was like nine or ten. I vividly remember. He's got such it's a amazing. style. And it was you know, I loved Coloss- Colossus. I think it was based off the Marvel 1995 um, comic book cards. He's being humble. He knows it was off those <laughs> cards. He it's, worshipped it, those I cards. I did. I really did. <laughs> I really did fucking worship them. And I did. And I and I coveted them. Yeah. He yeah. had them all in order have, in the binder. In the binder. Mm. Wow, that's. I feel like I do stuff like that still. Like, <laughs> yeah. organize things in a very specific yeah, way think, in long form. You think? <laughs> you should see the picture. There's a classic picture of me and Ryan on a road trip. We were in Las Vegas, and it was like, all right, five minutes till we're leaving. And, like, it's a picture of the bed. And he's, his bed is made, and it's like all his stuff is organized from big to small. And then mine is just like, what? <laughs> That's true. So yeah, that was quite a photo you captured there. <laughs> it was such a it was such an aha moment. Mm-hmm. Chaos and order. Chaos and order. <clears throat> anyway, uh, my friend Dan Lazowski, who's an artist, check out his Instagram. Our friend Dan. <laughs> oh, but, he's, friend. but he is. Well, I introduced he's more him. Ryan's friend. I introduced him to you. It's longer and better. He loved it so much that then he did his version of my dad's version. That's crazy. And then when I showed my dad, he was so honored, <laughs> I think. And like, just like, wow. Like, and Dan, then was, he did Dan was asking, is a great version. artist. So then he copied Dan's version of my dad's version of the Marvel card. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. That you didn't did know happen? that? No, I think I think I did. Yeah, so I just couldn't tell where the joke began when you guys were all talking about it. Dan, it's drew already the one that, funny. Dan read like did the one from my childhood, and then my dad did <laughs> the one that Dan did. Yeah, the one that Dan did. Was it different enough? Like, yeah, in the way that like, well, because Dan has that style, yes. so he started like introducing those elements yes. of Dan's style. Yes. It's crazy. And then Dan and I had an idea of, of having an art exhibit where everyone just does their version of yes. my dad's Colossus card. Yes, I remember that. See, that's where I didn't know. Where, what part did the joke and we could have at. There could be like 40 or 50 different thousands. art pieces. Think about being in an art gallery with thousands of Colossus yeah. <laughs> drawings or watercolors or paintings. It would be so weird and amazing. Well, it was like that bar we went to in Savannah. Remember, it was like Lincoln on Washington mm. or Washington on Lincoln. It was just the whole, if you've ever been there, it's the whole bar from floor to ceiling is covered in napkin drawings of, of different Abraham kinds of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. There was like a Garfield uh, Abraham Lincoln or a, right. some clever play, uh, play on words. Yeah. All right. So this could be, Anything. Could be a bar. We yeah. Could, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Man, a... 1995 Marvel ver- Colossus <laughs> card themed yeah. bar. Yeah. I would totally go to that. Yeah. The bar's made of like, you know, that reflective metal, you know, just oh, like yeah, Colossus. Oh, yeah, like his skin, yeah. You know? We call it the Colosseum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could call it that too. <laughs> it's... <laughs> <clears throat> that was the original Colossus was uh, Nero, I think. Really? Yeah. It, it was out front of the Colosseum. It was a giant statue. Well, there you go. So History in the making. History made. History made. 
Anyway, I think, anyway, we, should, I think we should probably zoom just... Zoom past the rest of these... these. <laughs> let's do... You know what? Let's do those on another day. the part where I talk about my dinner because I wasted a lot of time on that. I think that people want to know. We got good stuff here. It's the year of the water tiger. It's the year of the water tiger. We just have to mention it. That's we'll mention it. it. We, you know, we're big on the Lunar New we Year. We love the it, Lunar New Year. It's actually tonight. We're recording it on Lunar New Year. Happy the Lunar New Year. parade's going to happen at midnight. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. Um, and then also... Oh, good story about Captain Crunch. Skip it. Thank- oh, man. We, but that is good, though. It is so good. Well, we'll have some top of the show material for next time, I guess. Uh, do you want to do it? We can do it. All right. All right. Real quick. Yeah. I got this crazy kid in my class today. Out of nowhere, he goes, Mr. D, you know how Captain Crunch has three stripes on it? I'm like, oh, yeah. And he goes, uh, did you know that in the Navy, the the captain's stripes is actually four? I'm like, what and he's like yeah it's a uh, commander has three stripes so he's commander crunch and i'm like luciana you never even talk ever <laughs> or listen to me yeah. <laughs> but anyway like he says this thing and i'm like oh so That's we, crazy. we looked it up yeah. and sure enough it's this big thing captain crunch is not a captain and we found his original name which is Commander Horatio Magellan Crunch. Crunch. Wow. Look it up. They wrote about it in the Wall Street Journal. Wow. That's, look at us. And these are, <laughs> these are some primary sources you're bringing up You're fuck with that here. source? No way. <laughs> Come on. All right. That is, that is, I love that information about Cabin Crunch. Cause Me I, too. I just loved scraping my mouth up eating that shit. Me too. Me too. Me too. Okay. What else? Well, just a thank you to Bubs uh, for telling us about, he asked about the uh, idiom six ways from Sunday. Actually, he didn't even ask about it. He's like, you ever think about this? And he sent us a link. Mm. It's one of those ones. Nobody really knows where it comes from, but there's this great excerpt from the uh, the Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue, which is back in like the 1700s. Yeah. And it goes back to this thing called squinta pipes. Squinapipes. Squinapipes. And what this could be is a squinting man or woman said to be born in the middle of the week and yeah. looking uh, both ways for Sunday. So looking to the left and the right at the He's same like, time. Hey, where's Sunday? Is it, <laughs> and this is the front of the week or this is the weekend? Um, it's the weekend. Uh, or if you were born in a hackney coach and looking out of both windows, which is just <laughs> such a great image. Like some little urchin back there like... His eyes go to the left yeah, and, the like, right, and the right, looking yeah. out of both windows. Yeah, and he's just like, friends. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Because he doesn't have any. Mm, no, nor and would you. Freak-eyed freak. <laughs> uh, okay, then there's then it is fit for a cook, one eye in the pot and the other up the chimney. Also a what funny image. a cook image? looking up the chimney? Probably for drafts. Because there's the smoke coming up from the wanna, cooking? He doesn't, wanna, he doesn't want the cold air to come down and cool yeah. the soup. <laughs> no, you or don't. Bats. You don't want. He probably cool. doesn't want bat shitting in there, <laughs> right? You don't want bats. Bats live in chimneys, right? That's something uh, kids think, right? Yeah, I think I think kids think that. I think I think that. I'm sure some bats live in abandoned house chimneys, or yeah, probably not real chimneys though, right? I'm like, like cartoon chimneys, <laughs> like like. I feel like if they're like time to clean the chimney for the first time, it's in like a thousand years, bats. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh but anyway, yeah, that's uh that's where it comes from and like the look in nine ways at once. So 
Well, no, no, that's not where it actually comes from. No one knows where it comes from. But that's yeah. a funny thing to think about. <laughs> All right, so listen, that's a, that's some additional information. And yeah, that's, that's the warm up. That's, that's the warm up. <laughs> we still have two idiom histories to go over. So you will actually learn some more stuff today. If you stick around, we're just going to play a quick game to see who goes first. That's one of the parts of the show. Right, and if you've never played the card game golf, it has been all the rage in our small friend group as of late. And Ryan's gotten pretty okay. good at it, actually. <laughs> I don't think I've played it with you since June, but okay. That's because you wanted to quit while you were ahead. Hey, we're back, and we just finished playing um, golf, which is a card game that Albert and I like to play. It's my new rummy. I forgot all of the rules. You know, it's a good go-to game. Easy to learn. Give a man a fish. Feed himself with golf the rest of his life. (laughs) Al, I find that you're always so uh, cloak and dagger about which idiom you're doing each week. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, Ryan won the game. That's why he's going first. Yeah. Right. So cloak and dagger. It's when you're like, that's my idiom. You're like sneaking around, right? You're doing like spy stuff. Yeah, it is related to like espionage, CIA. You're being spy sneaky, stuff. right? Like if, if you say it now, right? You're being sneaky. Yeah, right. The official definition is concerned with or characteristic of espionage or intrigue, especially in the context of a drama. But it could just be like, right? If you're if you're acting mysterious and there's like secretive things going on behind closed doors, it's all very cloak and dagger. Yeah, it's an it's an excellent term. I love <clears throat> I love the sound of it. Yeah, it brings I, me back to like a noir time. It's very film noir. You're right. Yeah. And I saw it. Well, I heard it recently, and I'll, I'll tell you that after I um, I think maybe after you guess what the origin story is. Right. All right. I'll need one second. <laughs> Take one second. Okay, let's hear it. The time was medieval times. Oh, maybe a lute playing in the background, mm-hmm. horse clops on the, you know, the uh, <clears throat> the limestone. Yeah, no, the no, horse no, clops, cob- cobblestones. You know, <laughs> horse clops and the cobblestones. Yeah, like that kind of that kind of a thing. You know, mm-hmm. so and little little taverns, little little ale houses. Oh, I can see that. Right, real easy. Yeah, nice place to go. So there were shops all in the. Shambles. Oh, and that's a throwback. No, that's a real throwback. It's like old, episode four or something, right? Yeah. So, um, anyway, the, the marketplace, right? Village marketplace. So there are shops, and there is Henry Cloak and Terry Dagger. <laughs> Henry Cloak and Terry Dagger. Go so, on. I like so, this so far. Um, Henry at, runs a dagger shop, and oh. Terry runs a cloak shop. Uh huh. And their last names are actually the opposites in some fateful twist. Oh, I see. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The dagger guy makes the coat. Right. Cloak. Right. right. And like all throughout town, like when somebody's like, hey, hey you know, what did I say his name was? Henry Cloak. Henry. Yeah, right. Terry right. Dagger. <laughs> right. So they'd be like, uh, hey, Henry, let me get you a pint. Uh, how's the... 
how's the cloaks coming? And he's like, I make the daggers. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but you could see how someone would mess it up, slip of the tongue, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I get it. So, he, like, he was like, oh, that he would like, he'd be in his in his little place, like, wringing his hand. Yeah, like, lots of hand wringing. Pointing yeah. at um, Terry, <laughs> right? You know, and on the opposite, in the opposite end, you know, Terry, she would be out and stuff like that, and people would be like, um, oh, hey, Terry, uh, you're saying she. Yeah, Terry. Yeah. Oh. She's a girl. Oh, I see. And that's the other thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, love. R- right. Romance. Maybe. Or hate. Romance. Yeah. <laughs> romance. <laughs> romance. <laughs> so. Parlez-vous français? Yeah. Oui, oui, oui. Yeah. Bon, oui, bon, oui. <laughs> All right. So, ringing in the hands. Yeah. Terry. Um, but she would be out and and people would be at, be like, "Oh, Miss Terry, how are the uh how are the cloaks?" Right? Mm-hmm. Cuz her name yeah, and she would be like, "Oh, maybe someday, you know, mm-hmm. tee hee hee." Because she quite fancied Henry. Oh. Right? Is, yeah, but he's a curmudgeon, a you know? This is a twist. So, um <clears throat> Let's just do like a long story short kind of thing. Too late for that. <laughs> I set you up, fucker. Uh, long story short, uh, Henry f- f- helps. She's going to fall down a sewer or something and he grabs mm-hmm. her and it's like, oh, I love you. Yeah. I love you. Okay. And then they they decide they're like let's go into business together and then right. they get married so she does become terry dagger oh, right yeah terry right? cloak cloak yeah. or whatever <laughs> and so it's like this romantic thing and then they name their shop cloak and dagger and they sell cloaks and daggers but what's the whole secretive thing it's all about the espionage. love the love, the love affair, affair. <laughs> they had it under wraps like because it was the secret was mostly of henry he didn't know he didn't know he's all hating her it's like a it's like a rom-com kind yeah, of yeah 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 i see i see that's great there's something oh. Oh. <laughs> go ahead what were you gonna <laughs> no, say no you can keep going forever i was gonna say and then i bust in the door and i was like no more stores with ands in them good 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 kicking the sign nice throwback <laughs> anyway go ahead that's good. Uh, oh yeah, I guess technically you hate this the sitium because it's got an ampersand in there. <laughs> I do not want people to get the wrong idea about me. I well, really listen, don't. Cloak and dagger as a phrase has been around way before all these stores. Absolutely, have. and also if you named your store Cloak and Dagger, that is also cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It's a good name. Yeah, and there are companies called Cloak and Dagger. There's a lot. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. So this uh, this was not a terrible guess. You're actually in the right time period. <laughs> oh. <what? laughs> <laughs> this was not a terror. That's shocking. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, just mean to say that you're you're kind of accurate in some things. Not terrible is hard to measure, really. So everything's hard to measure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> um, my patience is growing hard to measure at this moment. <laughs> your patience. I'm talking I'm, as you. Oh, I see. <laughs> or the audience. So I was watching this Alfred Hitchcock movie, Frenzy. It's one of his early 70s movies. And it's it's kind of like a murder mystery. It's surprising. It's a little bit more 
Mm, it's it, very violent and sexy. A little bit more than you would think expect from a Hitchcock movie. So it's not just 45 minutes of Alfred running around being like, I'm in a fucking frenzy! No. Yeah, I would watch that. that shit, though. I would watch if, it. If he made that. I'd watch that. And one of the characters... You know, these murders are going on and one of the characters say, oh, it sounds like very cloak and dagger things or something like that. It's probably um, something better than that. Yeah, it's better than that. <laughs> goings on. Mm, some cloak and dagger goings on. Goings on is pluralizing that is just the worst. But that's the thing though, right? People say goings on. For sure, yeah. Yeah. And anyways, like, oh, I'm going to do this one day and today's the day. Every January, I watch a shit ton of Giallo films. And they're they're essentially like murder Italian murder thrillers, but they're very they've got like a lot of like you know sexy stuff and oh, lots yeah. of mm. blood and you know amazing lounge and prog music. It's great. Mm. But I was thinking Cloak and Dagger was perfect for this. So it does all begin back in the 1500s, which is kind of like what you were saying. Absolutely. And sword fighting, there was a sword fighting style that included a cloak and dagger, although back then it would have been a rapier. Yes, a raper. <laughs> and the, no. <laughs> so people had, you know, everyone was rocking cloaks right in the 1500s. That looked real good. Totally. Good for all kinds of things. Protects you from the elements, right? Yeah. If it's rainy, you throw it up. If it's snowy, you throw it up. And sometimes they're made from wool and linen, but there's also silk, velvet, fur, cloaks. Hmm. I'd like something nice and I'd I like want. it. I'd like it to be tough, mm -hmm. but also a little velvety, maybe. Tough and velvety. I I, I think the most important thing is that it could be uh, waterproof. I'd right. want to, you know, oh, I'd want yeah. to get, I'd want to be able to like just like sling it. And, like, like you could use like, it as a tent. For the yeah, night if you yeah. Need to, like yeah. if this thing is my blanket, it's my tent, it's my wife. I'm thinking, of, <laughs> it's my wife. <laughs> well, in Lord of the Rings, uh, yes. Sam and Frodo, right, right when they're about to get spotted um, outside the gates, yes, they throw that huge cloak over them and they look like a boulder. Rocks, yeah. That, they seemed like they were a little magical. They looked so much it, like a boulder. <laughs> Even to this day, when that scene happens, I can't tell like, where they I'm are until they it. move. I'm going to catch it. And I'm always looking at the wrong one. I'm like, damn, it's a fine cloak. It is. So they were also good for uh, concealing weapons, right? So totally. if you've got a big old cloak, it's easy to conceal a dagger. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the rapier. Rapier. Oh, bon oui. It was the first widely adopted civilian sword. So merchants had it, middle class people had it, upper class people had it. They're all rocking the rapier. That's cool. It it is. And if you don't know what it is, it's a it's got a blade, it's long and thin, and then the hand is usually covered by a big hilt, which also yeah. protects you from injury. attacks, yeah. yeah. You know, like it must be such an interesting time to live through where it's like, oh, it's like pre-repair and post, you know? It's yeah. like you like no one's walking around with these things on and then all of a sudden it's like well he's got a sword well, he's got a sword i better get a sword it's like, like masks and covid like all of a sudden everyone just has this new pair this new item of clothing on yeah. all of the time and in the 1500s it would have been guys that were like hey it's it's the age of the rapier like let's get our swords and then all of a sudden everyone's got them now though is it just ornate or are they like in case they really want to fight and like duel and stuff well, they're 
they are these are, fancy boys they're fancy but they're like to be used okay but they can only be used when you're like thrusting and stabbing they're not very sharp ah, right yes. so you need to it's like, it's fencing. like fencing yeah and as you'll see this was actually the roots for fencing fencing developed from here wow okay yeah. so it's believed that the name comes from the spanish espanda ropera sword of the robes Ah, the cloaks, perhaps. So you have the dagger within the cloak. It's the it's the sword of the robes. Oh yeah, and then you're like, aha, you fiend! <laughs> it, it feels so. I was looking up cloaks today. Oh I was yeah, thinking dude. so much about cloaks. I was like, where a cloak? That seems really nice, dude. Mira would so totally cool. make us cloaks. We could probably oh commission my God. her. Don't be an idiot, cloaks. Oh man. We need, well, we need a symbol, like a crest of some yeah. sort. Something like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway you know treatises were written on the rapier and they think that that's the foundation for fencing what fencing is today awesome so anyway then we go to it moves up up to fencing and so cloaks were also used as a defensive weapon in this early form so you like people would wrap their oh, yeah. wrap it around their left arm and then that would be protection and then it would be so long that it would also it would also protect if they like tried to thrust or stab at your legs. So like the cloak was part, it was almost like a shield. That must feel so good to like get someone's rapier all wrapped up and you'd be like, I've got you now. And <laughs> yeah, it would be such a satisfying feeling totally. in that moment, right? Yeah. Like that, like when you get the rap yeah. and like it's over. Right. Oh man. And it's just like, and them going to stab you and you put up your cloak wrapped arm and you're yep. just like, Pah! yeah. And then you put your you put your sword right up to his neck, and he's like, "You turn tail and run." <laughs> Folks, you can see it at home. Right? <laughs> so there is one very dishonorable thing you could do with your cloak, really, while in a fight. Okay, which is to throw the cloak, like at the like you at, throw it at them. Yeah, you know, like you know, like the Batman, and then you or like just a spider like web, wrap thing. them up, and, and then start pounding them. Yeah, like they're just like completely like, ah, I'm in a cloak. See? And then you can beat them or you throw it at them and run. That's that's even worse, I guess. Which I'm apparently just... is still taught today in self-defense classes. You throw your jacket and then you run. Oh, uh, really? It's, yeah, it's, it's a throwback to this. Well, you know, I mean, if you're really fighting for your life, it doesn't matter what is, uh, you <laughs> are just working. kicking and grabbing balls. <laughs> right. That's good advice for everyone. <laughs> totally, man. You're like... Could you imagine if you know, like a real like you someone was gonna kill you? You yeah. gotta just yeah. Can't be a gentleman. No, the the it's over. Right? I'm throwing my cloak at that motherfucker. Right. So anyway, uh, this you know it was so prevalent in everyone's day to day that eventually it kind of made its way into theater, and so. There yes, was a form a form of drama that was really popular in both France and Spain that was essentially called cloak and dagger drama. Right. Or cloak and dagger theater. Awesome. And this emerged as this really popular art form. In France, it was called du capa de pe, and in Spanish, de capa y espada. You can you can hear you can hear the it. Difference. It's like <laughs> well, it's like cloak and sword essentially. Yeah. But then, as the rapier fell out of use in the 17th century, so by the end of the 1600s, the dagger 
was just like a logical replacement for that. Oh, cool. Because people started, it started falling out of fashion. People didn't want these super long yeah. blades, you know? So then they would. My little they'd jabby little, McGee. Little, little, jabby McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's just wild that everyone. I, I guess it's like people that carry guns now. Like they're probably just like, let me get that on me. I want everyone to know that I got that dagger and that rapier. <laughs> people should know. This is not a Hiding decoration. Under my cloak, and your cloak could also be used to conceal your identity. You know, if you were sure. an assassin wearing a cloak, would you know? That's obviously that's logical. Or right? a peeping tom. Or a peeping tom. <laughs> a peeping tom could go cloak and dagger to you know. A young hussy. Oh, absolutely. Can you say hussy? <laughs> well, she, we don't know what type of <laughs> young woman she is. He's, thinking, he's doing the thing wrong. <laughs> she could just be getting dressed. I guess I was, for some reason I was thinking of like a bordello or something, him going into a bordello, all cloak and dagger. Yeah, but then he doesn't have to. Uh, he, then he's not a peeping Tom. Well, he right? has no money. Yeah. <laughs> And still, it does. It seems a little different than a peeping okay. tom. And I'm also not saying that all uh, bordello <laughs> that workers are hussies, blood drinking uh, satanists. I would. I'm not that saying that. I don't cool. think it. That's how I see it. Anyway, I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna make sure that it's okay that I'm saying this word. Um, I'll probably forget. But uh, and if not, I'm you sure with this will be gone before you realize That's, it. I'm fine. It's fine. <sighs> <laughs> Go on, you hussy. Okay. So, thinking about like the cloak hiding your person and then the dagger, um, by the time the late 1700s rolled around, it had entered into figurative language where, right. you know, you know, people, there's a quote from uh, 1769, and those that endeavor to insolve it, the Union of Great Britain, carry a dagger under the cloak of patriotism to stab their country in the heart. So obviously that's it's being a metaphor. used as very, that's a metaphor right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> They're not really putting it under the cloak. Which podcast are you <laughs> listening to besides this one where they talk about metaphors? Look, not hey, some people might be like, oh man, I don't really know what a metaphor is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a metaphor is. Dude, I forget. I have to teach fifth grade English, grammar, whatever. I, yeah. I forget. I, I always have what's a fucking adverb. I you know I gotta I gotta retrain myself because <laughs> I couldn't pay attention when I was a kid. Well, try paying attention to this because I'm almost finished. It's nice. that uh, you know. So we saw cloaks and daggers being used figuratively in the 1700s, but then 1841 rolls around. Your boy, oh who? Charles Dickens. Oh yes, yes. He included it in a book, Barnaby Rudge. Nice. And this this is what where people believe that it kind of stuck as a permanent phrase in the English lexicon. Yeah, Dickens is saying it, it's sticking. Yeah. So, wait a minute. Dickens oh. be stickins. So, one of the characters says, "Where in the name of the gunpowder plot did you pick up this?" said his master. Well, that's also an illusion. Oh, see, now I'm going to need a little refresher. <laughs> it was given him by a person then waiting at the door, the man replied. And Mr. Chester said, with a cloak and dagger, being sarcastic. Ooh, but <laughs> ooh, he got him good. He got him. So he was being a little bit of a dick, though. Oh, you know? Yeah, totally. And I um, bet he's handsome, too. Yeah, he's making fun of how dramatic it is. Ah, uh, yes. So with that, Dickens cemented the term cloak and dagger, and now it's in the English language. 
usually used as a term of deceit when you're deceiving someone. Yeah, I can see that. You're up to some nefarious things. Ooh, what a good word. Anyway, uh, shit. I tilted my head and then I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, man, that's nothing. Today, I was trying, I was was anxious right before I was going to park because there was snow and there was a line of cars behind me, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like going for this spot, I'm backing in, and I went to whip my head to look out the other side, and I banged it right in the fucking head of my car. Like an ant, like hard. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, the thing I was gonna say was, <laughs> so I heard it in Hitchcock maybe like a year ago, and I'd written it down and I wanted to do it, but then when I was visiting my sister in Jacksonville, uh, my my niece turned on Party in the, Party in the USA, mm-hmm. and then, we decided on our drive we were going to listen to a song and then listen to a weird al version of that song back to back nice and we so we did that with like six or seven songs ah and so that's nice one of them was i didn't know this but we are yankovic has a song party in the cia oh awesome i didn't know that either and it's i guess it's on his newer album which i hadn't heard but my nephew really likes yeah and so he says i moved out to lang I moved out to Langley recently. I'm not sure how it goes, the melody. But he says, I moved out to Langley recently with a plain and simple dream. Want to infiltrate some third world place and topple their regime. Those men in black with their matching suitcases where everything's on a need to know basis. Agents got that swagger. Everyone's a cloak and dagger. Oh, yeah. And so when I heard that, I was like, I have to do that next. That so, is great. And right. men in black. I like that. And you know, I was gonna say two other things, which was uh, it's a they're two Marvel comics, Cloak and Dagger. You know, that's, but they're new. <clears throat> oh, okay. Because the thing about Cloak and Dagger is, I feel like I've heard a reference to Cloak and Dagger comics. Well, growing up, now maybe that was like a maybe that was like a like a company or something. They, there were two characters from 1982, but they just recently made a TV series out of it, so it's kind of been in the. Oh, okay. You know, you'll you'll see it around. Was there was did they ever make them on a on a Marvel card or anything? Cloak and Dagger. Probably they probably were in the teams section of those yeah, cards. I bet you that's where I'm getting some sort of like subconscious memory yeah. from. Funny that we started the show talking about your Marvel cards. And right, <laughs> didn't even do that on purpose. No, but the uh, illustrator, his name is Ed Hannigan. That's the name of my father on um, my grandfather on my uh, mom's side. Right, Ed Hannigan. Your cousin's last name is Hannigan, right? Yeah, my uncle Mike. That, Mike, yes. And, and, and they're the best if they you guys are, are listening. Yo, I do want to say what's up to my Uncle Mike because he's the man and he listens a bunch. He is the man. Dude, we got to drive. I'm sorry drive. we missed him last time. I know. You're right? Because we, we were in Tampa. When we were, we were in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, but, yeah. He, we, but we hung out with Kaylee, though. Yes, that was great. But we're, we should just bring them a case of Iron um, Iron City. We bring them a case. Yeah, we bring them a case. That means we're going to have to get out there. Yeah, we get out there, then bring them a case from around town. We're staying all summer. <laughs> <laughs> I would spend a summer in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, a lot to find. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's a it's a young black guy who he's cloak and he um, is from New York City and he meets this young white girl who's who's wealthy. It seems a little like Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, in a, it's like an Othello sort of ah, plot, and that's gonna raise some eyebrows. And right, especially for 1982. Oh, many eyebrows. And then um. So they, they're two runaway teens, but they kind of, I, I guess they have an interest in each other. And then they oh, get kidnapped. <laughs> and I don't you I know. Think. I think. <laughs> man, you're two sexy runaways. Two Come sexy runaways. On, man, you know, they're they every get, boxcar. They get injected with some experimental heroin. And this yeah, releases some superhero 
powers they become vigilantes but this is the cool thing the cloak it's a weird power he absorbs like like people that are like bad do bad evil people whatever yeah. he absorbs them into his cloak oh yeah like he That's eats great. their life force essentially with his body but it's a hunger so he needs to continuously oh, do like it a, kind of a vampire type and dagger she these like i think these like daggers of light she has these daggers of light that she yeah. can kill people with okay and that's hers and he can feel like satiated by her like the presence of her light oh. but not as much as consuming an evil person whoa does she have any sort of like addictive kind of tendencies she can only fulfill the addiction uh, you know, of shooting uh, of the cloak lights. Oh, no, no, I guess yeah. like, you know, like his whole thing, he's like, he has a power, but it really is him like eating and if he, and he really needs to <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. She's just like, but I got these light. <laughs> yeah. I got these cute little light like, daggers. And she's like, every day she's like, wakes up next to this junkie yeah. and, and he's like, I need to eat and she's a like, thief. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I got to come with you. Right. Cause you get some sort of a, some good feeling around my life. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, there's some weird aspects of the story you start thinking <laughs> yeah. about it apparently it ends up being there's a demon called predator that yes. can like vicariously suck life force through its subjects and apparently he he doesn't know this but there's actually a demon that's that's the thing that's In sucking the, him okay. like sucking the bodies out you know what you think you think you got it bad that's pretty bad <laughs> Right. It'd also be a bummer to find out, like, I'm a superhero. It's a weird power, but I'm a superhero. It's like, no, it's a de- demon doing that through me. But at least it pays the bills, right? Exactly. You have to keep your real job. Right. <laughs> I'm going to just finish in this last thing. Okay, good. The, then I have something to say. The SEAL Team 1, you know, like the United States SEALs, yes. Navy SEALs, their symbol is a SEAL with a cloak and dagger. <laughs> uh, what do you think of this cloak huh? I'll stab you with my dagger oh, here's the cloak and dagger Marvel characters whoa whoa she got the good end of that deal he is dark looking I know he looks like he's miserable he's like, such, he's like in the shadows he's like are you always. sure we got the same experimental heroin covered with the cloak and there's two guys doing Cloak and rapier. Ooh, cool. Dueling. Anyway, that's a wrap. I am done. I'm sorry I talked so long. Never be sorry. Talk longer. Also, before we go to the break, oh. so weird, I realized while you were talking about that Cloak and Dagger comic stuff, I had a dream, maybe last night or the night before, but very recently, where you were like, Albert, I'm doing Spy vs. Spy for my idiom. And this Whoa. reminds me so much of Spy vs. Spy, especially the Cloak and Dagger thing. It is that's a great like the Mad Magazine right? Spy versus Spy oh, yeah. is Cloak and Dagger. Actually, yeah, you would like, describe it as Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, I think. it's like it's kind of like the like epitome of what that is. Like they're just like they're doing that all day long. All day long. That's a great example. Yeah, yeah. dude, I always wanted to be they, one of those guys. Yeah, they're didn't, so. Didn't cool. Mad TV make that a cartoon? Yeah, yeah. and there was the video. I love to watch the, all the those. Nintendo game. Do you remember that? Yeah. You set traps. Well, I love to watch all of those and play yeah. that game totally. All right, so uh, we're gonna take a quick break. The break's coming in hot.
Stay close <laughs> to me. <laughs> Welcome back to Don't Be an Idiom. You've reached part two of a <laughs> podcast that explores the origin stories of phrases. And you're probably thinking, Jesus Christ, there's a part two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there is. <laughs> some people maybe need a lot of time taken yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have trouble listening to like two hour podcasts though. You know, it's, I think it's sometime at some point you just tune it out, but it still feels comforting. I think that's mm. all that matters. As long okay, as we well, just keep talking. Why don't you comfort us with your idiom, which is what? Okay. Well, Ryan, you think you're so good at podcasting? This no. is trial by fire. Trial by fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Classic. Right? Yeah. I think so. Uh what does what does it mean though? Um it's like it it's it's gonna end in violence. Like someone it one person's gonna be destroyed. Through I don't fucking know what. No, I mean that's what's the definition. I mean that is like that would be like a pretty literal version of. I think it could work in in a sense, but it's to it's the test of one's abilities to perform well under pressure. Oh, just pressure. The fire is the pressure there. Pressure under yeah. Oh. Yeah, like uh, um, trial by fire with like I don't know. Uh, I guess being like a judge <laughs> like you know if it's your first it's your first case you're like man i gotta prove myself it's <laughs> yeah. trial by fire oh right. i'm probably just thinking judge because of the word trial <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> oh the subconscious is so weird yeah anyway so what else do you want to say oh uh do you want to guess where it came from <laughs> yeah that's the other thing okay i think it's gonna take place in the in the west in the uh, early 1800s what you know cowboys new new towns cropping up you know this is back when they did name towns yes not now how we don't name towns no more not no more so one town popped up outside in i don't know west western montana guadalapu Guadalapu, and it didn't have a uh it didn't have a a sheriff yet you know everyone but it was almost a utopia of sorts. Everyone was very respectful. They all had their shops and, you know, no, no, like, uh, outlaws had driven, uh, you know, ridden by yet. Yet. Anyway, there's this guy whose name, whose name is judge. And my name is judge. <laughs> Arrested <development>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so judge showed up and he was a, like a small, Small potatoes. Uh, what's like a like a police officer? Oh, a deputy. Deputy. Yeah, okay. he was a small so potatoes deputy, deputy out no, east. No yeah, and he comes into this town. You know, I just to stop you real quick. Okay, I would imagine that um, there is no deputy without a sheriff. I yeah. feel like you need the sheriff first. You do to get. I'm the saying deputy. he was a deputy, so he was under the sheriff in the old place he came from. My apologies. I thought you were saying that he was working this joint. No, and he came to this new town. Oh, my bad. This new town, and uh, which is called Shishranak. Uh, mm, Shish <laughs> Magellan's Shishranak. <laughs> anyway, he came as a sheriff, 
he, he came as a deputy, but no one knew he was a deputy. He's like, I'm a sheriff. And he's like, I'm gonna be, just going to be the sheriff of this town. And they were like, Wait, you want to see my paperwork? <laughs> I think you say penis. Wait, you want to <laughs> see my penis? And everyone's like, no, it's fine. You can be the sheriff. We don't have one. Actually, my micro penis? <laughs> you want to see my micro penis? My sheriff micro penis? <laughs> so we're, so they're like, yeah, you can be the sheriff. We're getting along fine. But, you know, feel free to yeah, be our sheriff. It's already whipped out. You just can't see it. It's so small. <laughs> I was imagining the gunshots doing a melody. <laughs> totally. Anyway, he was a little overzealous, and every Clearly. day he would walk. He would walk through the streets, and uh, he would see someone like you know crossing in the middle of the dirt path. He'd be like, "Nah, that's a, yeah, you're a jaywalker." <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like oh you know no we all just cross here there's nothing coming there's no <laughs> there's, crosswalks yet there's it's, no inroads it's 1800 and he's like ah we'll see about that try out my fire <laughs> and then he like shoots at her feet you know <laughs> as a warning <laughs> oh so then, my god I love the delivery so then, so, <laughs> so then he goes to the bar and you know he's gonna get himself a drink <laughs> And of course, there's a, a 12-year-old boy at the at the bar, and the bartender's about to serve him. And the bartender's like, "Oh no, this is you know, this is my nephew. He always comes in here. You know, he's got a toothache. We always give him a little whiskey." And the, and Judge is like, "Oh, that's nice to hey, give him a little whiskey. Try out my fire." <laughs> and then he like shoots the glass, you know, and he's like, "That's your warning." So, dude, I love this. I love his you know, delivery. It's. <laughs> That's good, that's good, that's good. Try my fire. <laughs> that guy is the best. Yeah. So anyway, it just got became law of the land, you know, for for that area, and then it, of course it it made its way to other American uh, cities and states. And then like you see that guy who like Jay walked last time, and he goes to step off the curb, and he's like, <laughs> and he's like stares <laughs> out, and, and then there's Judge, and he looks at him, he tips his hat, and he's like, try my fire. <laughs> Shoots him in the chest, <laughs> kills him. <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's a really good guess, dude. I love that. Thanks. Oh shit, no, it, it's yeah. not right. But that was that was I was there, man. Yeah, good. Someone needs to make that shit. <laughs> All right. That was one of the parts of the the uh, television show when we had it. Right. Oh, the right. Someone would have that. Oh, that would have been a good one. <laughs> Maybe they'll do it for us for free anyway. <laughs> That's not a thing. <clears throat> All right. So um, this one goes further back than Ryan guessed. Which he, he usually likes a, f- a nice far back guess, but this he came a little too, a little too close to the fire okay. for this one. But uh, this was in the Middle Ages, and this was something that was, it was, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. A trial by fire is one of many types of uh, trial by ordeals that they had back then. I'd hate, I'd hate to see a Middle Ages ordeal. Oh, dude! Like, well, actually, you know, it, they're they're pretty entertaining uh, in a way, really. So, yeah. it, you know, and there's not a lot going on. Just right. watching turnips grow. I feel like we talk about this in the other show mm. a lot about how boring it must have been. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, so. Here's here's the deal. If you were accused of a crime, uh, but there wasn't enough like evidence or uh, corroborating witnesses, they would kind of be like, "All right, well, we, like we think we got him, but we don't know what we got him." So 
basically the jury can't reach a decision. So they would be like trial by ordeal. Mm. And they would pick one of the ordeals. One of many ordeals. Yeah. Now, so the, the idea of a trial by ordeal was that, um, they would put you up to some dangerous task, uh, or life threatening task. And it was like, if you were innocent, if you're innocent, and you do this ordeal, God's going to save you. He's mm-hmm. going to intervene and protect you. Right. It's like... How convenient. Yeah, right? Yeah. And then if not, yeah, guilty. <laughs> you know? Hey, try my fine. Hey, try my fine. <laughs> so um, the thing is, is that like people really believed in God and that kind of stuff back then. So the this worked a lot better than you might think. Sure. You know, it seems kind of All silly. the parties interested were like, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. So, and like, but even the people that were being accused. So the idea kind of went that um, if you, if you as a God fearing person knew you were guilty Mm -hmm. and and then they were like, all right, we're going to put you through this ordeal. So, you know, if you're innocent, God's going to save you, but not you're guilty. You're like, ah, fuck dude. I mean, you know, it's like, do I, do I do the ordeal? I know I'm guilty, you know? So it's like, you're like, I'm going to get mangled. And then I'm going to get punished right. again, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people really did ad, um, admit guilt because then it would be like a, a lesser sentence too. It would be like a, a, a small, a, sure. a, like a fine. It's like if you, if you admit that you did this, it will be much better than if we figure out that you did it through the ordeal. Yeah. Like you're going to get hurt. And then also like you're going to get a bigger fine. It's kind of like the whole idea where cops are like, come on, play ball with us. And we'll give you a little break of zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> break of zoom. <laughs> But anyway, I didn't even tell you what the what the ordeal was like. All right, so why don't we start with the trial by fire? This was the most popular one. They would heat up a one pound red, uh, no, not a red bar, a red hot bar of mm. iron, okay? Oh God. And then, so it's all nice and hot, and then you had to carry this thing uh, nine feet. Oh my God, So it's terrible. Now here's the common misconception. It's that if the, the people thought that if you got burned, you were guilty, but that's actually not the case. It's if after three days it didn't heal, um, then you were guilty. So oh no, how do you heal that quickly from that? Exactly. Like they didn't even have, <laughs> they didn't no even chance. have like Neosporin. I just cut anything. my hands off and be like, there you can't no judge what's burn. not here. Yeah, no more burn. <laughs> that would be like, they'd be like, yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, here's your small fine. <laughs> I thought you was going to kill me. No. No, it's a fine. No. 20 schmeckles. <laughs> it's only 20 schmeckles for chicken rape. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so what was the next ordeal? Um, oh, well, what I thought was interesting is if you had like a tougher crime, like murder, mm-hmm. um, they would give you a three-pound bar. So they give you an even heavier one. Now, here's the other thing. There was a couple ordeals that were called trial by fire. That Apparently, that was the most popular one. The other one is snatching an object out of the fire and like not burning your hand. Oh, sure. And the other one is the famous walking over walking hot coals. coals yeah. But the whole thing is, with any of the ordeals, it's, it's, uh, it's about how your healing process. Mm. And there's a reason for that that I'm going to get to in a minute. The next most famous was trial by water. So there was two kinds. There's the hot water, also known as the cauldron ordeal, which is where you have to snatch a ring or a jewel from a kettle of boiling water. Oh my God. Yeah. What is it? Scalding ordeal? That one's the cauldron Cauldron. ordeal. Because, you know, I'm I'm sure it's a scalding cauldron. (laughs) Yeah. Scaldron. Yeah. Yeah. No one likes the sound of that. Right. Same thing. Three days you got to heal and then, you know, guilty or innocent. 
And then there's the cold water one, uh, which is when they would bind your hands and feet, and then they would tie a rope like to your, like your hands and your hands and uh, ankles are are tied together. And then mm. they would like, then they would bind you by a rope, which was quote a long hair's length away from the defendant that they're okay. throwing in. Uh, if they sank to the depth of the knot, then they were. Uh, Innocent because the water had accepted them, kind of like the whole see, idea yeah. of holy water. And yeah. blah, 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 blah. But then if you floated, uh, it was you were guilty. This is how they determine whether witches were witches or not. Yeah, but yeah. this this seems to go back further. Mm, okay. Um, unless I don't, you know, like not well further than Salem stuff. You know what I mean? Witch trials. Well, I was thinking in, in England. This yeah. So you, so this might be even because this stuff goes back to like the ninth century. Oh yeah, that is old. Yeah, that's okay. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah so because that's what I thought. Once I heard about the the water one, I was like, oh, this this the witch thing. But yeah. this seems to be before all that. Wow. Yeah. So here's the deal with these popular trial by ordeals. The whole thing is it's run by the church. It's run by the priests, course, yeah. right? Priests. And when people got to this phase of being like, we have to do a trial by ordeal. The, the priests got to, to make the final say. Yeah. So the whole idea is that they would be listening and watching this guy and basically trying to get a read on this person because as they're going through this process, he would be like, all right, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it this. I think he's guilty or I think he's innocent or whatever. So they're going to make sure that the outcome that they want happens. For example, with the hot iron bar mm-hmm. thing, you know, this all takes place during a mass, which think about that. I would go to church if there were ordeals going so, on. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's something you don't want to miss. <laughs> right, yeah. So um, the whole thing is like you, the, the priest is in charge of the fire. The priest is in charge of how long it's on the fire. Mm-hmm. And, like, and, and the, the audience is kept at a distance away. And uh, there's this whole prayer thing. And you can't start the ordeal until the priest is done with the prayer. So he can Whoa. make the prayer as long or as short yeah, as he wants. Yeah, of course. Wants. Uh, the boiling water stuff, like same idea. You could take it off the heat. So basically they made it so that a lot of these people did do these tasks and it looked good to the audience, Yeah. but they didn't have these like severe burns and right, stuff. Right. And, and it was, st- so basically it's like this priest making a judgment call. Yeah. So what about That's that? Yeah. <laughs> You know, as soon as you give as soon as you give a priest that much power, there's no good ever comes from a priest with power. No, ever. No, 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 no. Oh, and anyway, and then and then the person who makes the final judgment is the priest, so he could be like, "Yeah, your hands look fine." And then if people are like, "What, please?" Be like, (laughs) "The priest says not." (laughs) The priest. (laughs) So, I thought that was kind of interesting how they. uh, That's extremely interesting, right? Yeah. I thought I would give you a couple of the other less popular uh, trial by ordeals. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll just run through them quick. So there's trial by combat, obviously. This goes back to like 1066. Yeah. So if you're guilty, you could fight. But you're like, oh, but I suck at fighting. You'd be like, well, you could pay for a champion, right? That's like what happens in Game of Thrones. It's exactly, exactly like that. Yes, exactly. So they would do something like that. But then the thing is, is that it favored the rich because you could buy better right fighters of course yeah so uh trial by combat yeah that was yeah that was a good so one if it's kind of like today where if you've got enough money you can get out of things definitely <laughs> definitely and dude that was that was remained in english law until 1819 shit we're still using that yeah that's awesome yeah 
Um, so then there's this other one. I really like this one. This one's called, this might be my favorite, actually. Mm. The Bleeding Ordeal. Oh, man. So if this one is for murderers only. Sorry, okay. folks. Um, <laughs> if you are believed to have killed somebody, yeah. they will bring you to the corpse and make you touch the fatal wound. Yeah. And if, if, the, uh, if it bleeds, then they believe that that is the soul, the trapped soul of the Being like, this victim. is the hand like, that took my one. life. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Whoa. And uh, so that one seems cool. It seems like it would never bleed, but apparently there's there's records of bodies bleeding when you touch them. Yeah, who knows? Maybe if it's like shortly after it happens or... Yeah. Well, I mean, there was this, there's this one famous one that I want to tell you about in a minute. Um, and uh, they had to like exhume her. Like mm. they, she was already buried. And right. They, you know, they brought she her back still up. Bled? And they, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, which is just like... And there's like these great drawings of it. Like, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. So uh, yeah, that's the bleeding ordeal. Then... There's this one called the trial by host. This one is for priests. So if like they think like a priest did something bad, he would go before the altar and pray that God would choke him if he was lying. And then he would take the host, yeah. the Eucharist or whatever, yeah. and put it in his mouth. And then if he was guilty, he would choke or have difficulty swallowing. <laughs> I mean, was this happening often? Because these like old priests with dry mouths are trying to eat Eucharist. You- like, oh. Could you imagine? You're like, all right, all I have to do is, is say, swallow this. Just say the words and then swallow this thing. But my mouth is so dry. <laughs> and like, and if he was really guilty too, and then yeah. they get more nervous and more dry, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Trial by host. It's funny because we were talking about Eucharist last episode about starting our own Eucharist company. This shit is all flowing together. Mm-hmm. All right. There's this one called the Trial by Ordeal Bean or Old Calabar. So there's this place in Nigeria where they have this bean called the SAE and basically it's like a poisonous it's like a poisonous plant, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So for people for women that were uh, accused of witchcraft, they would make them eat this poisonous bean. Oh my. And then if they threw up, then they were innocent. But if they're if they digested it, they were guilty. And they said that the effects were similar to nerve gas. It disrupts the communication between the muscles and the nervous system. And then you asphyxiate when your diaphragm fails to respond. Jesus. So that would be a scary one to have to (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Be like, all All right. right. (laughs) I mean, like, because, I mean, if you could throw up in fear, like, I would be so scared that I just. No, what if you don't throw up? Yeah. Um, There's this other one called trial by diving. They do this in India, Thailand, and Burma, and Borneo. Mm -hmm. And if there was an, like a disputed uh, cockfight, like something, you know, yeah. like two people were in dispute about the outcome of a cockfight, uh, what they would do is they would put two stakes at the bottom of a clear pond and you had to dive down, both of you had to dive down and hold onto the stake. And whoever stayed underwater the longest was deemed the winner. Whoa. Or like the true, the one that wasn't lying. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I feel like that. I feel like even kids do that. <laughs> It's like yeah. kids are in a fight and they're like, all right, whoever stays in the bottom yeah. the longest uh, is right. Yeah, and my dad can beat up your dad too. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, and then the one more that I have is this thing called the soda ritual, which is also known as the ordeal of bitter water. And this is mentioned in the King's, King James Version of the Old Testament mm-hmm. where there's this woman who's uh, suspected of infidelity. Yeah. And what they do is they, she has to ingest a concoction of dirt from the temple floor and holy water in an earthenware, earthenware vessel. 
And then if her belly swell and her legs fall away, like she gets bloated and yeah. loses her uh, like muscle in her yeah. legs, then she's guilty. Uh-huh. But if not, she's, she's innocent. Not. Okay. So I guess, you know, like would drinking dirt and holy water, that probably would be safe, right? I don't know how much dirt can you drink. I know they don't really talk about like the amount, how much of each. I feel like they're giving you a lot. Yeah, <laughs> this is mostly dirt. Well, and King James was he was like obsessed with demonology and witchcraft and stuff, and that's cool. I know he wrote he wrote the tech the demonology text, um, where like it's kind of like the Malaeus Maleficarum. I think really like, you can you can like determine like what demons. You know, or what and what, awesome. how, do, how to identify witches and shit. And, and this is a Bible. This is in the Bible. No, no, but it's it's a King James the first, and then awesome. Like he was alive. Uh, the second, like he was the second ruler when Shakespeare was alive, and that's why Shakespeare made, made Macbeth because James first was like so into witches. Dude, that is fucking awesome. I'd like to. I would like to check that dude out right check him out right wouldn't you just love to like just like peek, look like, in us, there me and you like go back in time and like peek behind a wall mm-hmm. <laughs> that he had like a black castle right i hope so fucking awesome yeah i love it i have a couple fun facts okay so um so in the early 13th century there were 208 defendants in varad hungary mm-hmm. who underwent the hot iron ordeals oh, that man. we talked about at the beginning of the show and two thirds of them were unscathed. Huh? So that means two thirds. That's a lot. That, that, yeah. More people were set free. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they like put Vaseline on their hands or something like that. No, I, I think it's the priest thing. I think it's the priests making this, or well, maybe the priest let them put Vaseline on yeah. their hand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, there's that. Um, and I guess that also looks good for the church too. If they're like, see God protected this man. Yeah. Um, all right, so then in uh, Pope Innocent the Third, what a name! He outlawed trial by ordeals in the early 1200s, but people kept doing it um, for like centuries. Couldn't after get that. enough of them trials by fire. No, and um, but the church basically was like, we can't do this because when we do this, we're asking, we're demanding a miracle from God, and right. that's like not cool. <laughs> and we all know that we can't do that, <laughs> right? <laughs> um. In 2002, a, a man demanded trial by combat to resolve a motoring fine. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, the magistrates rejected his appeal yeah, of and they fined did. him. But could you imagine? <laughs> they should have let him do it. Yeah. <laughs> imagine being the other guy, though. Like, wait a minute. This is bullshit. <laughs> I don't want to fight this guy Bring with a sword. Bring up archaic bullshit for a crazy person. <laughs> I'm going to allow this. Archaic bullshit. <laughs> All right. Really quick, I just want to tell you about this guy, Hans Spies. He was a Swiss mercenary who was accused of murdering his wife, Margaret, in 1503. Oh, man. So this guy got a double dose of torture. He was tortured by strapado, which if you don't know, they tie your hands behind your back, then they tie a rope there, and then they lift you up. Yeah, Yeah. your your shoulders like something and it's and then uh, they also attached weights to his ankles to uh, like make it worse, right? Yeah. (laughs) And he retained his innocence. He was like, No, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. And you know, so they they I can lick my shoulder now, (laughs) but I'm innocent. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm I'm not gonna be innocent after this. No, no. So anyway, um, like he was like the whole time, 
innocent. So they take him down and then they they take him to do the bleeding ordeal. And there is a, uh, for both of his punishments, there's great um, like images. documented images. Yeah. Uh, and in the... When he's when he's doing the bleeding ordeal, they had they, he was shaved completely. They said he was shorn, oh man, naked and shorn, like powder. Yeah, and but this guy put his hand on his wife's body and it bled. Oh no, yeah, and I then then they killed him. I think. And so you have like an engraving of this. Yeah, I have two uh, drawing. I have the um, this is the one when he's doing the strapado. Oh yeah, there he is. Yeah, yeah and you good. can see he has hair in that one. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> and. Then it's a little, uh, it's a little smaller, but over to the, you're right, I guess he's bald. Oh yeah. He's I see him. Yeah. He doesn't look great. <laughs> there is another image that comes up about him and I'm just putting it together now. Um, that then, uh, he's like stretched out on more of like a rack type mm -hmm. thing, um, out in the field. And I think that was his punishment for killing his wife. Oh, so I'm pretty sure, sure yeah. this guy was tortured three different times. Yeah. Well, lots of ordeals to go through. Lots of ordeals. Okay. So he's the man and uh Yeah, and that is a rap. I think I said that's a rap. Uh that's, that's the, the way the, way the cookie, cookie crumbles. crumbles. I should have said that. And that's a pierogi roll. And there's the countdown. Hey, email us oh at don'tbeananame at gmail.com. Thank you to anyone who's submitted art to the Dubia Monster raffle uh, thing. Yeah, especially Margaret and Mira and, and my your dad. dad. Yeah, and uh, who's the new to loitering? Uh, Katie at new to loitering, yes. Yeah, got so, some great submissions. Thank you. Yeah, um, so keep them coming. And until, until next time, time don't, don't be, be an, an idiot. Do not. New, new. Bye-bye.